and a ready, set, go. Go, oh, ready, go, set, go, 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 oh, ready, go, go, ready, 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 set, go, ready, set, go. <laughs> That's a song that I just made up called Ready, Set, Go. I like that. Um, thank you. You know what I was thinking about earlier today? Huh. If we were, like, just, like, figuring out which Parks and Rec character each new girl character <gasps> is. Like, they, like, <laughs> they a lot of them match up pretty clearly. Oh, like, that's pretty. Schmidt is Tom. Uh-huh. And Nick is Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Nick is young Ron. Oh, I love Nick that. is young Ron. Um, Winston is... Andy. Sure. Uh, yeah. I guess, yeah, like, Jess would be Leslie. That's probably her closest mm-hmm. match. And then Cece is the one I was having trouble with. Because I think she's, like, I think Cece is, like, a combination of Anne and April, that, which is, like, the weirdest. <laughs> that's kind of what I was thinking when you said the that. The weirdest combination. Yeah, I yeah. think she's April Anne. For sure. Um, April Ann. Yeah. She has, like, kind of the dry, like, sarcastic humor of April. Uh-huh. But then she also has, like, the warmth and the loyalty of Anne. Yeah. Well, and you do find out later that April is warm and loyal of as course. well. But she comes across as very prickly. Of course. <laughs> and Cece doesn't, I would say. And at one point... Schmidt literally catches a beautiful tropical fish um, <laughs> when he's not dealing well with with things, um, which matches up to the famous, oh, Anne, you beautiful tropical fish. Uh-huh. <laughs> but also, like, the, the Schmidt-Cece relationship reminds me so much of when Tom and Anne were dating. Like, uh, it's that same dynamic. Right. Right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, it really is. Anyway, that was my thought today. Well, I love as it. As I was coming home. I love it. Just things I think about, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely, well, I do. We're in... Absolutely, I do. <laughs> <laughs> we are now in part two, listeners, of our New Girl series. Is that the word we use? Series? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, well, it's like a mini-series. It's like a... A limited series. It's an event. It's an event. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, last week, what did we do last week? Last week was kind of like... We we took the quiz. We took a quiz. We did our, like, table of contents for the the series. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We sang, who's that girl? It's Jess. Who's that girl? It's Aaron and Rhonda. It's Aaron and Rhonda. Hello. Um, Hello. And we talked about our favorite characters. Yeah, and kind of our connection and, with the show. Yeah, and how it is very near and dear to our hearts. Yeah. And I posted a photo on our Instagram <laughs> of my Halloween costume from 2015. Yeah. Side by side <laughs> with a reference shot. Um, so go check that out if you haven't. I was I was just day for Halloween. It's like oh. perfect. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, I even like I made a frame 
out of poster board. Uh huh. So, you know, like the opening credits when like the frame comes down. Yeah. Yeah, like I made a frame out of poster board <laughs> with like a little Jess banner. And then I got <laughs> my friend to hold up the frame to take a photo. Ew. So, like, he, he was, I got my friend to be Schmidt. <laughs> Perfect. One of my favorite parts, speaking mm-hmm. of the intro, is that they leave in the awkward part after, like, the the recording is over or whatever. That's, like, my, f- I think that's such a good introduction uh-huh. to the show when she, like, looks left and right. Yeah. And everyone that's else just, like, the walks the tone away. of the show. Perfect. It's yeah. so good. Absolutely. So, welcome to part de. De. Welcome to part de. Un de toi. Cat I we, um, we don't go to anyway. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. Every episode, I try to speak French, and it never works out. <laughs> well, not every episode, but I do try to speak French a lot, and I do, I don't know French at all. <laughs> but we're not talking about languages mm. today. Oh no, we have gotten off track once again. Oh, we no. are. <laughs> You know, we were talking about how, you know, every month we do kind of a a limited series of just four episodes where we deep dive. That's, you know, for those of uh, those of you who are just joining us, this is Pop DNA. Hello. We <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and yeah, that's what we do. Um so uh I mention the term limited series Liz Merriweather, the creator and executive producer of New Girl, ha- currently has a limited series airing on Hulu Oh, that everyone should go check out. It's it's called The Dropout. And, well, actually, by the time you're hearing this, I think it will have concluded. So I bring that up because I wanted to talk about... Liz Merriweather and kind of her other work and the influences and the through lines that we see coming up in her work and how we see those things in New Girl. Yeah. So I think it's pretty interesting. I like writers. Uh Uh-huh. I'd love to be one someday. You are? (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) Yeah. So... Erin, tell me, have you seen a little movie called No Strings Attached? I haven't somehow. I have never <laughs> seen. I've the I've seen the poster for it a million times, uh-huh. but I don't know. How. Oh well, if you've seen the poster, then okay. I just mean like I've seen every other rom com, so how have I not watched this one? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think this. I think the way. It was marketed might have been against it a little bit. Okay. Because I feel like it was kind of, because you know how like in, I don't know, maybe like the the 2000s and early, maybe into the early 2010s, there was kind of a trend for like raunchy rom-coms, quote unquote. Yes. That were like targeted a little bit toward men. Uh-huh. More so than women. And I think maybe it kind of got lumped in with that okay. trend but it it's not it doesn't really fit that that kind of template though sure like it is more i mean it is a like a rated r rom-com but i would say like in terms of like the emotion and the character development like it's it's a more 
it's better than that. <laughs> I hate to put a value judgment on it, but it's better than, than you know. Yeah. Like, all, all, like the Judd Apatow romantic comedies. Sure. Like, it's not. Yeah. Which, like, if you like those, that's that's great. That's fine. But, you know, we're, at, <laughs> we're on a different level here. Yeah. So it's interesting. I rewatched it, like, a couple days ago. Because I was like, oh, yeah, she wrote that movie. <laughs> yeah. And that was kind of like, that was kind of Liz Merriweather's, like, biggest credit before New Girl. And, like, that was kind of what kind of helped her get her foot in the door, I think. Sure. To be able to actually make a show like New Girl. So I rewatched it and I had forgotten that. So it stars Natalie Portman and Ashton Kutcher, which I remembered that. But it also co-stars Mindy Kaling. What? Yeah. And Greta Gerwig. Like, oh my when Greta Gerwig was still an actor. <laughs> How have I not seen Which, this movie? Like, I know. And, like, both of them, of course, have gone on to, you know, like, Greta Gerwig has been, like, nominated for Oscars. And, like, Mindy Kaling, you know, has her own production company. And they were in this little movie... <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Back in the day. Yeah. It's in- interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But um <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, I'm rambling. I'm sorry. No. So I <laughs> I watched I rewatched the movie because I wanted to just kind of look for like through lines and like common like writing I don't know what the word is. Like, I wanted to see if the writing, if I could see similarities in the writing between um, New Girl and No Strings Attached. And I don't know that, like, I don't know that I could, like, pick out, like, finite things and be like, oh, this is definitely, you know, this is definitely a Liz Merriweather-ism. <laughs> right, you know? right. Um, but, like, I will say that, like, the comedy like the jokes I can kind of see a similar sensibility okay like in the humor and also like the character growth like the character quirks and uh, like the sort of like the depth of character but also like the just like sort of the the way that the character is this is gonna sound so vague, which is like the way that the character is written. Like I do, kind of, it feels a little bit similar. Sure. Um, and I think it's interesting because, like, New Girl, kind of has like a rom com setup at least. Like it, and it has like kind of a rom com sensibility. I would say. Yeah. In a way. Yeah, so it's interesting that there's that sort of through line. And then with the dropout, uh, so for those who don't know, the dropout is a limited series that's based on a podcast. Oh. Also called The Dropout. Okay. That, yes, that um, details the life and the rise and fall of Elizabeth Holmes, who, for those who have been living under a rock, was the, was the CEO of the, um, the biotech startup Theranos. 
And also, you know, the Theranos is kind of a cautionary tale. Sure. About fraud and <laughs> Sure. And uh yeah. Anyway, it's fun. Um <laughs> it's like it's like the social network for girls. Um so <laughs> So like um I think last week I I mentioned that and and I think you like said something to the effect of like that seems so different from New Girl. Yeah. Um and I mean like in subject matter, yes, it is. <laughs> it's very different. Um and Amanda Seyfried by the way plays Elizabeth Holmes and she's like incredible. I like, love her. Yeah. Yeah, like it's if she doesn't win something for that performance, there is no justice in the world. But anyway, sure. um <laughs> right. She has to win something. Come on. Like an Emmy, a Golden Globe. Um yeah. Um <laughs> so yeah. So and I did mention, I think I mentioned last week that like I do actually see a little bit of a some like like I think the way I phrased it was like I could see how the same person could have written both of these things. Right. Or could have created both of these things. Um because I think, again, there's that similarity in how it explores the character and sort of the emotion and the sort of getting to the heart of the character's emotions and motivations, um, which I think is what New Girl does really well. And you definitely see that in, in The Dropout. Sure. So... Yeah. And I mean, like, it is a, the dropout is a drama, but there's definitely, like, lines that I have laughed out loud at. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know if Liz Merriweather wrote every single one of those lines herself, but, (laughs) (laughs) but it definitely, like, has her stamp on it, I think. So, yeah, that's, that's the dropout. She also wrote the screenplay for an upcoming movie called Shotgun Wedding. Yes. That I don't know too much about except that it has J-Lo uh-huh. and uh, I think Josh Dumel. I remember <laughs> like, I think I've seen the trailer once and I think I thought it was funny but I can't really yeah. honestly remember it. So like <laughs> are rom-coms back please? Please. Can they? Can they be? Yay. Yes. I would like that. Thank you. Um <laughs> Yeah, so I did have, like, a little bit of, like, um, sort of a bio here that I just pulled from from a, a web source of Liz Merriweather. I don't know that it's necessarily, like, important to know all the details of her life to, like, um, to sort of have this discussion about, like, the through lines in her work, but, you know... I'll, maybe we'll put a link to that if anyone's curious about about her life story. Sure. Um, <laughs> but I did like this detail that's mentioned here that um, Meriwether is part of the Fempire, <laughs> which just sounds like vampire to me. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
that she's a vampire. Um, the <laughs> Fempire is a group of female screenwriters that includes Dana Fox, Diablo Cody, and Lorene Scafaria. In 2012, the Fempire received the Athena Film Festival Award for Creativity and Sisterhood at Barnard College in New York City. I love that so much. Yeah. Um, Meriwether has also done stand-up comedy. Uh-huh. And she performed in um, the Vagina Monologues in Las Vegas. She also, I learned recently, played Gollum in her high school production of The Hobbit. Oh, um, my hero. So, I, so there's where the Lord of the Rings references come from. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> right? That's phenomenal. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, yeah. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Yeah. Um, So next time, uh, I'm going to get a little bit more into New Girl in the context of other women-centered sitcoms. Um, But there was this article that I read while I was while I was kind of researching Liz Merriweather that kind of fits into that conversation, too. So I might bring that up again. But... um, this was an I thought this is such a an interesting like it's really kind of a feature article. It was in the New Republic uh back in like 2013, I think. Wow. So, it's a little old. Um so you know, New Girls has been on the air for 2 years at this point. But it was it's called Not That Kind of Girl. Liz Merriweather is the anti-Lena Dunham. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Sure. How I feel about that statement. Right. Like, why do we need to pit women against each other? Well, right. Like, we can make comparisons without, like, you know, implying that there's, like, a rivalry, right? Of course. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. um, But it is interesting to kind of, like, look at um, Liz Merriweather and Lena Dunham sort of side by side because I think that... Um, I don't know when, um, when Girls first aired, but I think it was, it was right around when New Girl first started, wasn't it? Ooh. It was maybe the year before, year after, yeah, somewhere Yeah, I think around that same yeah. time. Um, so it is interesting, I think, to kind of look at, like, the sort of parallel trajectories. Right. Of Liz Merriweather and Lena Dunham. Um, cause like, so before. We talked about girls. Um, did we talk about that before we started recording? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> so I was kind of saying that, like, I I watched the first season of Girls, but I watched it, like, years later. And so I felt like it had lost some of its, like, initial impact. Like, it wasn't as of the moment anymore when I saw it. Sure. But when it first came out, like, it was kind of like groundbreaking I think yeah and I think it was also like very misunderstood at the time Mm -hmm. um like I think the comparison that's drawn all the time is to like Walter White in Breaking Bad that like (laughs) Walter White you know is an anti-hero and he's like very unlikable at times and yet audiences have no problem like accepting him as 
the protagonist right. and going along with him on this journey. Whereas in Girls, the I forget the protagonist's name, but the character that Lena Dunham plays is also pretty unlikable at times. Uh-huh. And is kind of this anti-hero kind of character. And, like, like that was, like, at the time, like, that was, like, what all of the, you know, all of the reviews were saying. It was like, oh, this character's so unlikable. This show, I don't like, like, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would so, imagine. That's so. It's interesting. <laughs> so interesting. Because I would imagine she doesn't kill people. I would imagine... Mm-hmm. She's not a murderer <laughs> who makes methamphetamine. Yeah, like she's just an annoying millennial. I would assume like me, she's so. not. Wal- <laughs> saying someone is Walter White is wow. Well, it was like people didn't say that she was like Walter White. But That's just kind of like the comparison between how each of these characters were received by audiences mm. is the comparison that 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 I'm referencing. Not great, America. Like. Not great. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. And then, like, I, like, um, oh, oh, I should have, like, pulled up this article because I, um, there's another article that I, that I read, like, um, I, I first read it, like, a long time ago, but it was by, um, it's called The Male Glance. And it's about, like, this very, like, phenomenon that happens in media criticism where, um, where, like, like, so, like, you know, mostly men, like, in general, obviously not all men and obviously not just men, but mostly men, when they see a piece of media that has, you know, that was either... Um, written by a female writer and or has a female protagonist that they sort of, it's sort of like the inverse of the male gaze where they will like quickly categorize this female-centered story without actually, you know, reading closely and getting an in-depth understanding of the story. Yeah. And this, so this article, um, which we'll definitely link because it's definitely relevant here, um, that this article cites girls as an example of that, where, like, um, like you started to see, like, these sort of think pieces coming out about girls that were saying, like, yeah, the characters are unlikable, and that's the point. And it's like, <laughs> you... <laughs> It's like you're, yeah. It was. It's. It's a really interesting conversation. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think that I don't think that New Girl necessarily suffered the same kind of fate, like the same kind of misunderstanding that girls did. Um, but there was definitely like this. Um, the first article that I quoted, that the one that says that she's the anti-Lena Dunham, um, <laughs> it does um, kind of go into how, um, well, here, I'll just uh, read you the quote from the article. So it says, it is a rule of thumb in Hollywood that women will watch shows about men, but men won't watch shows about women. 
when from the beginning, New Girl did not do much to challenge that accepted wisdom. Um, but then it's interesting, I think, like, by the end of it's, like, <laughs> so, like, the, the main character is a woman, but, like, most of the other main characters are men. Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting that it has, that it still had that kind of, um, like, stigma or whatever. Well, absolutely. Um, <laughs> like, it's like how I know tons of guys who watched How I Met Your Mother, but I don't know as many mm-hmm. guys who watched New Girl, but yeah, their, like, their demographics are the same, I think. Yeah. It's interesting. But Ted Mosby um, is the... And Ted Mosby <laughs> Ted just Mosby. is Jess, but anyway... <laughs> He he really is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He really is Jess. Um <laughs> uh, it's interesting. This this article goes on um to say Meriwether bristles at interviewers who put too much focus on her gender or on whatever it is that Zoe Additional's character means for quote unquote modern womanhood. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Um, and then it it quotes Meriwether and she says, you don't want it to be a symbol of like women moving forward. I mean, that is the least funny thing you could think of. Right. <laughs> What's funny is when women have problems. Yeah. When anyone have problems, when anyone has problems, it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I really like Liz Meriwether. Yeah, I really do, too. Really. I think she seems like a cool gal, and I'd like to hang out with her. I would like to for all of us to play maybe. Gollum in a, in a production together. Maybe uh, maybe bring her on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I don't think I would speak that whole time. I'd just be like, hi, hello, hi, <laughs> hi. Well, hold on. Let me text her real quick. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Hey, Liz. Hey, are Liz. Are you going to? Okay. <laughs> Dear Liz. <laughs> Dear Liz. Like what? Um, yeah, yeah. It's Oof, it's boy. just all interesting to me about how we like categorize shows like New Girl. You know, it kind of reminds mm-hmm. me of like how we categorize professions that our people have told that us should be all female dominated. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Or have um, been at least told that. Which is my clumsy segue into one. Well, don't don't point out that you're segueing. But <laughs> but but yeah, I I'll I'll work on it. So <laughs> I was working on thinking about the evolution of kind of how we see teachers in the media, because. Mm. I do actually think that it deeply impacts the way that society sees teachers and the way that teachers are told to behave. Like there's, Mm -hmm. I really got to thinking about this before we even started researching for new girl. There's this idea that a classroom has to look like a Pinterest page. Uh, Right. (laughs) A classroom has to be a perfected, like almost entirely inhuman ideal of perfection and I think we do that same thing to the teacher we say you have and it's one type of perfection it's the just day perfection it's not 
any other of the many ways you can think of perfection. And mm-hmm. and then you also need to look at whether perfection should even be like a word that we use to describe people. But all to say right. that I think um, taking a look at some of these Pinterest pages for different classrooms and then hearing all of the shame surrounding um, teachers who don't feel that their classrooms are perfect. It got me to thinking about mm. kind of where that started and yeah it's the media folks what a shock it's capitalism yeah it's absolutely more so capitalism um well i mean the media is kind of a product of capitalism so yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i was taking a look at teachers um that we've all watched and loved from like the 1990s to the present um and I just, I think that there is a history of sexism there, of course. Mm. Um, there's also, like we talked about with Jess Day, there's this quirky girl mentality where it's like a strong, intelligent person must also be quirky or must also mm-hmm. wear green cardigans and have perfect hair and teach the children and then go home and as as I am currently wearing a green cardigan thank you I mean I they're most of my wardrobe too which proves my point because I am a teacher you know like we talked about I think last time that I do dress like Jess Day when specifically when Mm -hmm. I go to work and I think that's another thing that got me to think about this was that wow this is really like I accept that as my work attire that I'm expected to wear, you know? So I took mm-hmm. a look at kind of where that became true. Um, and it I think it started as I watched many of these lovely teachers that we see in media. Well, I will say that the teachers I'm going to mention, I genuinely do love these characters. So this isn't coming from yeah. a place of spite or like anger. I just think it's uh-huh. I just think it's an interesting timeline to look at. Um so our first one that I was thinking about was Dr. Vivian Banks from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> Aunt Viv. Aunt Viv, who I love and like She's my only college professor that I have on this list. Um, The rest of mine are elementary school teachers. Mm. But I just really love Dr. Vivian Banks. That that in and of itself is interesting. Yeah. That like so many, like whenever we see a female teacher in media, she's almost always an elementary teacher. Absolutely. Whereas like we see a lot more like male, you know, professors like college professors. Oh, entirely. Like like Ted Mosby. Like freaking <laughs> Ted Mosby. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> but Dr. Vivian Banks is very much your image of a college professor, right? She challenges her students and she teaches English literature and exactly like you just hit the nail on the head. We don't see very many female identifying college professors, you know, Mm -hmm. it's um, even like I'm watching Gilmore Girls right now and there aren't many (laughs) like female professors once once they get to Yale, I don't think. Um, Yeah. Even still. Well, I mean, that that might be true to life. Like, I'm pretty sure academia, especially like, 
you know, legacy academia like Yale, I'm sure they're still yeah. pretty, yeah. I don't know. No, ab- I don't know the gender demographics of the of the faculty at Yale. <laughs> I'm just guessing. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, yeah, I also just love Fresh Prince, but yay, Dr. Vivian. So we started there. Uh-huh. We to, she's also the first. She starts in 1990 and goes to 96. So chronologically, they were also first. Um, I gotta rewatch Fresh Prince. Um, and then yeah. Then the really big comparison I'm going to make today is in from the 1996 movie Matilda, um, which takes a... It was also a book. Yes. The best. Rolled it's doll. based on a book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we have... Which, Rolled Doll, by the way, is uh, very, um, yeah. very inter- interesting person, you might say. Yeah, my yeah. my anyway. <laughs> my fondness stems as long as having read it in third grade and loved it. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> um, I'm sure I'm sure that if I went back and looked at the characters now too, it would be a different story. But I loved it in third grade. <laughs> um, oh yeah, it's great. It's a great book. <laughs> and then we have to look at the characters of Mrs. Trunchbull and Mrs. Honey because there's sexism there. Shocker. Oh yeah. <laughs> Shocker. So we see two teachers, one of whom is the scariest, supposed to be the, and I'm, to contextualize, I'm thinking about the movie version of Mrs. Trunchbull and Mrs. Honey. Uh Um, Just, so we have one character, Mrs. Trunchbull, who's supposed to be the scariest thing that ever happened, who broke a family apart, apparently, who, like, might have killed her dad. <laughs> like, just all sorts of stuff is happening. And what do we get but, a, like, a female-identifying character who has an athletic build and who, mm-hmm. what, wears her hair in a tight bunt? Like... What, why, I don't know. There's just such an emphasis on her appearance, making her, like, part of the bully. Like, at one point, she throws a child, like, a javelin. The chokey. And puts them in the chokey. Oh, my God. And, like, she is terrible and the worst. But why is that how she was portrayed? Like, why, Mm. why does she have to be, air quotes are going up here, ugly or right. athletic or strong or it just it's she's not attractive so then therefore she gets to also be like the evil character um oh yeah in the book um it's described as a gigantic holy terror a fierce tyrannical monster who frightened the life out of pupils and teachers alike hmm but, like, that's kind of nondescript, right? You could have cast anyone as gigantic holy terror. You know, it didn't have to be someone who, you know, is athletic. I don't know. It just made me mad. Um, especially if you look at her, and she's not, like, ah, anyway. Especially if, if you look <laughs> at Mrs. Trunchbull compared to Mrs. Uh, Miss Honey, right? So Miss Honey uh-huh. has, like, perfect specifically blonde hair she is in cardigans and that match with her you know 
dresses mm-hmm. and she is and those like sweet dresses yeah yeah and she is soft and her hair has a little well in the movie her hair has a little flip up at the end uh-huh. <laughs> and she is soft spoken and she cares about her kids and advocates for them but she is also like capital f feminine feminine the way that like we're we're told that we should be um right it's just like they're such polar opposites. Um, I just I needed I I needed to take a look there. Um, I also like I don't know. I get a little bit frustrated when like when character I and I know that it's a children's movie. I know that, but like. Uh-huh. No one gets any sort of like whole story at all. It's just yeah, this scary woman who's ugly. O- okay, but how long has she been teaching? Is she exhausted? <laughs> Does she just need to not work there anymore? Because I get uh-huh. it. Like I'm not putting anyone in a chokey, but I get it. Um, and then so that's the that's 1996. And then we go to Dr. Valerie Frizzle. From, She's a doctor? She is. Ms. Frizzle's a Ms. doctor? Ms. Frizzle's a no doctor. Idea. She has her doctorate. And she was played by Lily Tomlin um, in the 1994 to 1997 cartoons. But then we also have Kate McKinnon playing her in the new revival, which I didn't even know was a thing. Um, uh-huh. I'm super excited about that. And like... Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and Miss Frizzle is a, she's incredible, but she's also, you could describe her as a quirky girl, right? She wears, like, the best kind of girl is a quirky girl. (laughs) Art. Um, Art. (laughs) I mean, she's incredible. She takes you on a trip through the human body, but she's also quirky. Yeah. You know? My favorite was the one where they went to Pluto and Arnold took his helmet off oh, and no. like his head turned into a block of ice. And then, oh. but then he was fine. He's fine. He was fine later. <laughs> He's cool. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, just a note there that teachers are still seen. As, and that's okay. Quirky is fine. I'm quirky AF, but I, it's important to see how we portray teachers because it doesn't have to, to be quirky does not make you a better teacher, you know? So why is that the yeah. one persona that we have? Um, and then we go to the 2000s and we get Lily from How I Met Your Mother. Um, and we like, we never see her teaching, but we always know she's a teacher. We do actually in season one, oh. there is, I think... It might just be one episode or it might be like a couple episode arc where she's like, she brings Marshall to work with her (laughs) at some point. And we also see her like, there's like the, you know, I think it's even like in the pilot or like the second episode where like she comes home and she has the purple handprints on her chest the iconic purple and then they show like yeah and then they like they show how that happened in her classroom oh there's also she also takes the goat to her classroom at one point oh that's like we do see her teaching in the classroom but it's always um 
it's always kind of like, and I mean, like, it makes sense because like Lily, you know, like this, these scenes are intentionally designed to show Lily's character. So like, it's kind of, you know, like the classroom scenes are kind of played off as a joke and as sort of just a backdrop for Lily to be her character. Um, but yeah, anyway, the iconic purple handprint. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I, th- I think we see a shift here, a very slight shift here because Lily is a, like, is a human with flaws. You know, we, yeah. we get to see her have flaws, which is not something that, the other teachers that I've mentioned so far, well, except Mrs. Trunchbull, but she has, she's only flaw, but um, like very rarely were teachers having flaws. And then Lily, you know, is makes a big old decision um, at, by the end of season one. Good for her. And then uh-huh. makes other decisions. She gets to make decisions. She gets to be a human outside of her classroom. Um, but is Lily quirky or what? Like, come on. She's, she's an artist. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't say that she's quirky in the way that like Jess Day is quirky. Oh, really? Or Frizzle is quirky. Yeah. I would, cause I think she's more like, I think Lily is definitely like impulsive, Uh huh. but it's not like. I don't know. I just wouldn't I just wouldn't define her that way. I don't know why I see Allison. Maybe it's my vision of Allison Hannigan. I don't know. Um Oh, I forgot to talk about the teachers and Anne. I guess they're not teachers. Anyway, um I don't know why I see Hmm. I mean, like like I see quirky as like kind of I guess it depends depends on how you define quirky because I see quirky as sort of like socially awkward and like um, like it sort of comes out in like your mannerisms and your speech patterns. Yeah. And like I don't really see Lily as like, you know, she's like in social situations, Lily is very much like in her element like you know she right. like, has confidence and like so I don't know I just don't yeah right yeah I could totally I no I could totally see that I think I think for me it's like it's a little bit in her clothes I think if I'm looking back I don't know maybe I need to reflect a little more but I <laughs> I do think Lily is a more well-rounded character um mm-hmm. than other other teachers maybe it's just how i feel about allison hannigan anyway i'm gonna journal about this yeah. tonight i don't know well is willow <laughs> rosenberg quirky hmm yeah kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> well we'll put this one on the we'll put a pin in that <laughs> we'll, put, anyway, we'll have a whole day about it um and then I just wanted to end this kind of trajectory with um, Miss Janine Teagues from Abbott Elementary. I love her so much. Because I think she is making a real statement about what teaching is in 2022. You know, like she 
teaching is not just at like, what do I want to say? Teaching, like, in, in, in a bunch of these other shows, teaching looks like a perfected and polished, like, this is what teaching is. Right. Like. It's kind of an idyllic. Yeah. Like, yeah. Whereas in Abbott Elementary, they're purposefully looking at what is wrong with teaching. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to end it there. I don't I don't even want to analyze Miss Teague's because I don't think we can yet. I don't think we have enough of yeah. her. Um, yeah. But I love her. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well, if you so I'm like obsessed with Quinta Brunson. Oh, yeah. And I've, <laughs> I've listened to like a couple of different podcasts that she guested on. Um, and I've like watched, you know, like her talk show interviews and stuff. Um, and she like, I think she comes across as like, uh, so like, she comes across as like very similar in personality to that character. I think like Janine is sort of like Quinta to the extreme. Okay. (laughs) Um, But she's also talked about how um, like her character and um, I think um, definitely um, Barbara, like the kind Mm. of veteran teacher. Uh Um, are like based on like her observations of her mom when her mom was a teacher okay um and then also i think um like her sixth grade her own sixth grade teacher also kind of inspired um how she um has written a few of 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 the of the teachers on abba elementary so like i think that that sort of grounding in real life definitely shows through in how how well-rounded and how how much depth of character um all of the characters have yeah. on that show yeah i love her <laughs> i love her i love barbara oh my gosh mm-hmm. i if you're not watching this show you gotta it's real good uh, it's so good <laughs> <laughs> oh. And it's so like it's if you've ever been a teacher yeah. like or if you've ever like worked with younger children, you know, like under 12 aged uh-huh. children, like you will definitely see like you will relate to it like so much. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my goodness. So Teachers, man. <laughs> Teachers. Yeah. Yay. Yay. <laughs> I love being a teacher. I'm going to stay forever. Anyway. Really? No. <laughs> it's hard. It's like, hard. It's, it's uh, yeah. Like, it's super rewarding. I was a preschool teacher yeah. for, like, five years. Yeah. It's very rewarding when, when you know you have like when you have outcomes of course that, and you know and when you have like those moments yeah where like something clicks for a kid or like when you know like when like a kid kind of finds their voice like it's so rewarding of course but it's so so draining like 
emotionally, mentally, sometimes physically. (laughs) And like, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's such a wonderful thing and building community of the classroom and like working with other teachers. It's all really wonderful. But wow, are you tired at the end of the day? Yeah, you really are. Oh, good gravy. Anywho, (laughs) this was part two. Go hug a teacher. If you have a teacher in your life, go give them a hug, buy them a coffee. Yes. They could use it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, Um, so yeah. We're going to wrap this up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. What are we going to talk about next time? We don't know yet. We don't. Who knows? (laughs) We'll see. We could just teach you all how to play chess next week. Who knows? Ooh. We could just watch The Queen's Gambit. Yes. Such a good show. Um, All right. Well. Well. Thanks, friends. Yeah. I'm going to go check back in with Lily and see... Now I'm like, I need to rewatch How I Met Your Mother. (laughs) I need to go. Yeah, I'm kind of like, it's a tough rewatch for me because I feel like a lot of it is like, uh, a lot of the humor is kind of dated and it also Uh like, I don't know, just kind of like the way that... um, that especially that the female characters are written yeah get uh, is a little off-putting yeah now with the benefit of hindsight um (laughs) it's so funny yeah like it doesn't seem like i watched it that long ago but i watched it a long time ago yeah it ended in 2014 eight years ago yeah yeah but now I'm watching How I Met Your Father. Oh, and I haven't started. I actually really like it. Oh, good. You mean Lizzie McGuire? <laughs> you mean grown up Lizzie McGuire? Lizzie McGuire, yeah. because we didn't get a Lizzie McGuire reboot. <sighs> so now yeah. Lizzie McGuire is in How I Met Your Father. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's perfect. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, but you know, so like How I Met Your Father was like in the works, I think like even while how I met your mother was still on the air. Interesting. Um, yeah. I think like back in like 2010 or 2011 or something, um, they were going to, they were, they were like in the, in, in talks to do how I met your father. And you know, who was going to star in it at that time? Who? Greta Gerwig. Oh, wow. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah very interesting yeah Um, i'm so glad she didn't because who knows we might not have gotten ladybird and little women right so (laughs) how interesting that's fine it's totally fine okay well we are rambling now (laughs) yeah (laughs) we gotta wrap this up wrap it up (laughs) wrap it up okay (laughs) thanks friends Thanks, friends. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.